This is the Vince Salerno Podcast, episode 21. On today's episode, we have Shelby Turner with us talking about Spider-Man and all his movies, also Baby Driver 2 being a possibility, and and Samuel L. Jackson returning to the MCU. So sit back and relax because the Vince Salerno Podcast starts right now. Hey guys, welcome to the Vince Salerno Podcast on this Friday, July 7th, 2017. You're probably listening to us on a Monday, but who cares? I'm your host, Vince Salerno. Um, just a quick note, I know it probably sounds a little like we today. We're having some issues with my audio equipment, so we are using um, some different stuff. Uh, so still works, though. Just work with what you got. Uh, anyways, we have a special guest today. Uh, very good friend of mine, one of my bestest friends in the entire galaxy, universe, planet, uh, Shelby Turner. Hi guys, how's it going? Good to have you on the show again, it's been a while. Yeah, it's funny Almost because... Almost a year. Yeah, and last time we uh, were on the podcast, I actually talked about Spider-Man as well. Oh yeah, we were talking about Zendaya. Yeah, Zendaya being <laughs> I Mary forgot Jane. about that. Yeah. Turns out she's not Mary Jane, Yeah, so. thank goodness. <laughs> So, um, yeah, last time you were here, we were talking about Anna, and yeah. it's it premiered, uh, I think last time JJ was on here, he said, it, you know, I was there, obviously, it was a big success, everybody mm-hmm. loved it, everybody's still loving it, those who have actually seen it, everybody's seen it yet, but people are clamoring for it to come out on DVD yes. or some sort of Yes, that will be coming out very soon, it's been taking a long time, but we are in the final stages of that. That process. Cool. Yeah, I I say I'm excited, but I've already seen it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the joys of being best friend with the director. And producer. <laughs> um, yes. So yeah, what else have you been up to? Well, I've graduated, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Started my acting career, so yeah, we'll see where it goes. Wish yeah. me, wish me luck. She's gonna do great, guys. <laughs> Be on the lookout for Shelby Turner. Yeah, guys. He's gonna kill it. <laughs> All right. Well, Shelby's here today because um, on the Fourth of July, we unintentionally had a little <laughs> Sally Field marathon. Yes. Two of the three yes. films we watched that day just happened to be the Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield movies, which feature Sally Field as uh, Aunt May, and uh, that was Shelby's first time seeing. Number two? Yeah, both, the both second one. one. Yeah, second so um, I was planning on doing this episode to talk about the Spider-Man movies in honor of um, Spider-Man Homecoming coming out um, this weekend. By the time you're watching it, it's last weekend. Yeah. So uh, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to have Shelby come on and uh, talk about it, especially since um, I'm probably going to be going back home in about a month, so I don't know. It'll be a while when we get to do this again. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, anyways... We have top five stories to uh, talk about, so let's get on with that. First, number one, and probably the most exciting story. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a possibility that we might get Baby Driver 2 from Edgar Wright. Turns out Sony has asked Edgar Wright to uh, consider making Baby Driver 2. Um, as hopefully most of you know, Baby Driver came out uh, two or three weeks ago. And it's an incredible movie. Um, I got a chance to see it opening weekend. Shelby got to see it too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's such a great movie. It has this sort of... Uh, it has Edgar Wright's style and feel to it, but it also has this sort of 
new side that we haven't seen. It has sort of a Tarantino-y feel to it as well. Uh, I really enjoyed it. it. These are the type of films that I want to see more and more. And um, fingers crossed it makes enough money to uh, get studios to wake up and realize, oh, hey, maybe people want to see more original movies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the box office wasn't exactly, the opening weekend of box office wasn't exactly like uh, Avengers or Star Wars numbers, unfortunately. Uh, it got around 30 million, I think, at the box office. So it's it's a success. I mean, for Andrew Wright, film, it's a major success. I think that's the most he's made out of any of his films, and it's, it's on track to be the highest grossing um, Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. So people, I think people would love to see a sequel. I think it's hard because it's such a great movie, um, and Edgar Wright usually doesn't make sequels to his own films. You right. know, this is the first time he's ever really considered a movie mm-hmm. sequel. The second time was kind of with Hot Fuzz 2, but he never really went forward with that and uh Shaun of the Dead too but that turned into Hot Fuzz so yeah I don't know I think I I, I think I want a sequel but I, I'm not sure you know I'm I mixed feelings about it too because I loved Baby Driver that's probably my second favorite film what's your first <laughs> La La Land oh yeah <laughs> so that's saying a lot like yeah for sure it's, it's a really great film I wasn't sure like you know like what is this baby driver movie like what mm-hmm. and then seeing the trailer was just oh my gosh this looks so awesome I'm so excited to see yeah. this and actually seeing it in theaters was just and Lily James and oh my gosh they just have great <sighs> chemistry and, and Jamie Foxx so like, yeah just the all star cast John Hamm like a bunch of people you know it's just yeah really it was really really a fun movie to see and um, Kevin Spacey even. Kevin Spacey yeah, yeah, yeah he was great he was great in that um, I loved the well I won't say anything. well okay um, <laughs> in order to have a meaningful conversation. Spoilers, if you're watching, I'll put up a little banner saying spoilers, but if you don't want to know what happens in Baby Driver, skip to the time code that I'll put up, and um, yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but I just, I really like Kevin Spacey's character because you weren't sure if he was going to be the good guy or the bad guy. The whole yeah. time, your friend hated him, and then... I don't yeah. know, I, I didn't... I, I was mean, kind of the same. I didn't full-on hate him. I yeah. thought, like, okay, he's not. he hasn't done anything, like, terribly yet but the movie definitely the trailers definitely built him up to be like this is like the main boss right and this is the guy you don't want to mess well, with well like right when right when he thinks he's out you know then he comes back in and destroys everything which is a yeah. great plot point but it was like what you know? <laughs> but yeah. anyways i guess as in it's a great great film it was just beautiful and mm-hmm. and the you know the shots and the different the action of the and just the character of Baby, it was just mm-hmm. really cool to see that. And the music. And the music. The music is such a it's so integral part yeah. of the movie. Almost on par with, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I it's think. that kind of feel. Yeah, it gives mm-hmm. you that. But it, unlike Guardians, like, the movie is set to the songs. Yeah. In a really creative way. Like, they had to get a choreographer to set up the actions that Baby would do. Right. And everything. And it's just... I was so. I think my favorite scene is um, when they're doing the the swap and they have that shootout in the warehouse. Yeah. And tequila is playing and you hear the you know. Da, 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 yeah, da, yeah. And the yeah, concert all goes to the music. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. 
or even just the opening scene. Um, the opening was, was great so great. I was not expecting that at all. You know, it was very mm-hmm. creative and artistic and, and very stylized. And it was just cool to see like that, um, how, you know, how baby would see the world with what he's yeah. doing, you know, with listening perspective. Yeah, it was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, to so the see one, that. yeah. So the one thing that really, um, sort of complicates making a sequel is everyone's dead. I know. Like, like Jamie Foxx dies, a pretty brutal death, and yeah. I, I saw that come up like the second I saw oh, that yeah. thing, I was like, he's, he's yep. dead. He's yeah. dead. He is so dead. Um, uh, I, yeah, that was that was a crazy part, too. John Hamm's wife's uh, I forget his, her name. Um, uh, Darling. Darling. No, not like, I don't know, the actress. The, it's something Gonzalez. Um, she was great, by the way, not to yeah, remind she, her. Was she was great. fantastic. Uh, she dies, which uh, puts John Hamm's character and the buddy in the position of being sort of the main antagonist, which is which really cool, cool because yeah, was cool. he was such, he was the one who really who really cared about Baby. Like yeah. he, every time people were like giving him a hard time, he would be like, hey, leave him alone. Yeah. And he, you know, bond with him about the music, so it was so heart-wrenching to see like, but you're a good guy, I what know. are you doing? Because the whole time you're thinking, Kevin Spacey's gonna be the one that's gonna rip his heart out or rip his guts out or shoot him in the ears or whatever. Right, yeah, it was really cool, yeah. But then Kevin Spacey ends up being the one that saves him and um, and uh, uh, Deborah, yeah. Debbie. And he dies. I know. He's a stupid John Hamm. And then, yeah. of course, <laughs> I, yeah, then, of course, John Hamm dies as well. So they're all dead. Yeah, and okay, so my biggest thing with the sequel and what, um, you know, what Edgar Wright said was kind of along the lines of, well, he's not into, you know, like redoing something that he's already done kind of thing, especially in terms of characters. And he was kind of hinting, not, not really, you know, saying for sure but hinting mm-hmm. at if we're gonna do a baby driver too it's gotta be different so maybe baby isn't the good guy anymore yeah, maybe. maybe you know and I just thought the film was so beautiful because he finally realized like I we can't do this like and I don't want to bring like Deborah into this you mm-hmm. know and so now they're even kind of flirting with the idea of like a Bonnie and Clyde kind yeah. of and I that's kind of badass but it's kind of really depressing because I really I just love the goodness and because they're both still young and mm-hmm. like you know baby's been doing this since he was a kid and so yeah. it was like finally he's out of it and he can just live his life but yeah. what story would that be yeah well, especially <laughs> if you consider how Bonnie and Clyde die like I don't know if you've seen the movie Bonnie and Clyde but they that death is just right oh man and it's so sad because I think you're just so attached to the relationship between the two characters right. in the movie. But what they're doing then, is not right, you know? It's yeah, exactly. Like... So it's, it's it's sort of like House of Cards where you're rooting for... Um, um, the um, anti-hero. The anti-hero. Yeah. To, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, Frank Underwood. Okay. Uh, you're rooting for Frank to and, his, and Claire to win, but at the same time, it's like, but what they're doing is wrong, but you still want them to get away with it. That's what's so clever about the show that's what keeps me watching and I don't know yeah I don't know if I want baby and especially Deborah to be yeah. corrupted like that right I mean but still he, yeah you Edgar Wright says that he he might have another story to tell with those characters right. so I mean as long as Edgar Wright's doing it and as long yeah, as he has true. a good idea 
because he hasn't made a bad movie since. Like he's yeah. made five movies, all of them have gotten over eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so that that's that's an accomplishment in itself. So right. I hope that he really really can considers this, and if he doesn't think it's right, that he don't doesn't move forward. Yeah. I would I, I would agree. not be heartbroken if he decides. No, you know what? So, I can't. Yeah. I can't make a worthy uh, sequel to this I, without corrupting what came before. So I'm just not going to do it. Plus, That's it was great. a. It yeah, was a, It was a huge undertaking. Like I think he's had this idea for a long time, yeah. and that movie couldn't have been easy to make with all the choreography and all the action yeah. scenes. So it's another big undertaking. So Edgar Wright, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> do what you want. I hope, you know, I if know. you want to do another Cornetto trilogy or another original film or a sequel. Do your thing. I ask of you, consider a Simon Pegg, Nick Frost cameo next time. It's a little <laughs> disappointed, but I'll live. All right, let's move on before we... I, we could talk about this movie all day. I know, honestly. <laughs> I'll have to do it's a, a little, great movie. I'll have to do a review on my channel. Yeah, Definitely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, number two, Samuel L. Jackson is returning to the MCU as Nick Fury in 2018-19's Captain Marvel. Uh, those of you who don't know, Captain Marvel is a female superhero in the MCU. Played, she's going to be played by Brie Larson. Mm -hmm. And not a lot's really known about this movie except that it's being directed by. I have to look up these names because I always forget their names. Uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleek, a uh, directing duo who directed Mississippi Crime, which I've, I've never seen but I've heard is a good movie. Um, this is great because I've been wondering for a long time, like, where is Nick Fury? He obviously was a big part of the Avengers. He was in Winter Soldier. He's been in the shows. He disappeared a little bit after um, Age of Ultron. He had a very small part. And that's been my big question. Like, where is he? He's yeah. the one who created the Avengers. Obviously, he's got to be a big part of Infinity War. So it's cool to see that they're bringing him back in with this movie to introduce Captain Marvel. And that he'll probably have a bigger role that'll uh, bleed into Infinity War, mm -hmm. which is everything that's been built up for the past 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be really exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I mean, there's nothing, we, like I said, we don't know anything about this movie really except yeah. that Brie Larson's in it, they've got directors, Samuel Jackson's in it, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see like where he is at this point because yeah. last time we saw him, he had the Quinjet, he had most of S.H.I.E.L.D. intact. But there's also the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, which for some <laughs> unknown reason refuses to acknowledge uh, the movies, vice versa. Um, so hopefully maybe we get like a Phil Coulson cameo where we bring him back into the fold or whatever. But is S.H.I.E.L.D. going to be in this movie? Do they have a part at all? Is this going to be a more cosmic film or is it going to be a more earthbound movie? Yeah. You know, I think that's interesting because I read another article kind of veering off here, but still on topic with mm -hmm. um, with Captain Marvel, they were thinking, you know, I don't think that she is going to be a part of the Avengers. I'm sure you know this, too. That she's actually a part of the Guardians. Yeah. But so, she does she does interact with the Well, Avengers. of course, yeah. I think eventually she does join the team. But yeah, she is a more cosmic character, so that's why I'm thinking, like, yeah. Guardians 3, maybe? Yeah, that's kind of, I think that's kind of what they're going to play with, um, with Captain Marvel being, because she is, like, you know, that bridge between the the Earth and space and that kind of right, right. character. 
and we haven't really seen that since you know Thor and different characters like that so it'll be interesting to see mm -hmm. how much I'm, they do that yeah and I'm a huge fan of uh, Brie Larson so oh yeah seeing more so as an actress less so politically we won't get into that, we won't <laughs> get into that whatever oh, um, she but no she's just she kills it in everything she does she's a phenomenal actress rightfully won an Oscar for Room which is just ugh, heart-wrenching movie totally well-deserved and to see I've had my eye on her for a long time and to see her finally rise to uh, stardom is so great for her so I'm super yeah. happy for, that she's getting these opportunities uh, also I forgot this is going to be a Kong Skull Island reunion because uh, Samuel Jackson right. played the villain in Kong Skull Island she was in that and that was already kind of a Marvel Cinematic Universe E type crossover thing because you got Loki you got Captain Marvel you got Nick Fury um, John C. Riley was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's right. I think that was it. John, no, no, John Wu wasn't it. Wasn't anything. But yeah, you had those four characters so who were funny. all in Marvel movies. It's like, ah, that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. So them in a whole different for for all characters. you uh, Kong Skull Island fans, you best get excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, what do you, do you have anything you want to add or? Um, what was I gonna say? Like I said, there's really. Not a lot to go off of on this story, but yeah, um, I guess that is it's cool to see um, like actors um, like Brie Larson or like even Paul Rudd, who you know they were both different actors before. You right. know they, you know Paul Rudd did like um, comedy and Brie Larson did very serious, and now like they have these roles as or even like Andrew Garfield and Spider Man yeah. that yeah, you know he sure. was known for other things and then did a character and then it's now able to do other things because I just think that's cool um, that it's kind of hard to do the opposite be you know known as this big superhero character and then try to do serious stuff or other things or break out of that mold right and it's cool to see kind of the opposite happening with them like oh yeah, yeah they've yeah. kind of made their way to fame now they can be a superhero exactly. like it's, it's neat that's a good point it's a good point uh, okay number three we're getting a Top Gun sequel. <laughs> 20, yeah. 30 years later, uh, oh, actually, no, 33 years after the original. Um, it's going to be called Top Gun Maverick, released on July 12th, 2019, with Tom Cruise coming back and uh, Oblivion Helmer and Tron Legacy Helmer, Joseph Kaczynski, as the director. So I don't know if you've seen Top Gun. Have you seen Top Gun? I believe I have, but it's been a while. It's been a while for me, it's too. It's a great classic movie. It is. It's, it's really good. I remember seeing it for the first time. Not really being too interested, but it was on TV. I was like, well, what the hell? Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of fun. Actually, one of the bar scenes was filmed in San Diego. Oh, really? Right there, downtown. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Fun little trivia fact for you guys. Yes. <laughs> That's cool. So you can it, actually go, go is visit. It, is it a now famous bar? It, yeah, it's still just a regular old bar. That's but awesome. That's where they filmed it. Yeah. Cool. All those years ago. So yeah, <laughs> we're hearing word about. I've I've heard rumors about this movie for a long time about it possibly being about drones and sort of like Cars Three, I think, where the new the old the new era, the new generation coming in to push out the old and mm. them like competing, which. You know, it was a pretty relevant topic, as I've said oh, time yeah. and time again. That's sort of the, the main theme of Windfall Rising, my short film. Um, the new yeah. millennial generation trying to push out the old traditional way of doing things and then, you know, fighting for relevance. 
and oh, while yeah. also learning to uh, adapt to a changing world. Yeah. So I wonder if that's going to be the same situation with Top Gun 2. Um, I'm mostly excited about Joseph Kaczynski because he directed one of my favorite movies, Strong Legacy. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but it's pretty phenomenal. I'm not sure if I've seen it. It They weren't the reboots, they, right? Were they? Um, well, it was a sequel, Tron Legacy. We had, there, there hasn't been a Tron reboot yet. Oh, I thought <laughs> Tron was like an older movie and yeah. they redid so it. They, so there was an older movie and then Tron Legacy was a sequel, actually. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, I see. So it was like a 30 oh, years okay. Yeah, yeah. They didn't redo it. They just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tron. The, oh, the re, the Tron, Tron Legacy movie sequel. that they came out with. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know it was called Tron Legacy. I'm sorry. That's my, no, that's my right. ignorance is showing. That's okay. But, um, yeah. Oh, gosh. I love Tron. It was I love that movie. So phenomenal. With one of the first. The one with Jeff Bridges and. Yeah, Jeff Bridges yeah. and and Cora and. Jeff Bridges as a younger version of Jeff yeah, Bridges. Yeah, <laughs> that was so cool. I loved that. I really, really, I was all about Tron when that came out. So yeah, me too. I forgot it was called Tron Legacy. That's <laughs> okay. Oh, well. No worries. But yeah, he also, he did that. He also did Oblivion with Tom Cruise, so they're obviously familiar with one another. Yeah, Oblivion was a great movie Oblivion too. was great. Love I don't care what y'all say. It was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> so, I'm excited about that, because he hasn't done a movie since Oblivion. That was like 2000. 11 or yeah. 13 I yeah, think so it's great to see him back in the fold doing his thing and I mean there's really nothing negative about this or anything I should worry about I mean yeah be interested to see what they do with it yeah, yeah. I mean I you know with revisiting properties 30 years later sometimes you have that issue of like is it going to be as good or will it completely suck or whatever like yeah we've seen Zoolander 2 Dumb and Dumber 2 and countless other sequels from 20, 30 years ago that just don't hold up. And, you know, those are comedies, and those aren't doing so well right yeah. now. But with this, I think, you know, it's Top Gun, so I think they're going to take a lot of care into what goes into it. And Tom Cruise being attached, you know, he is, he is a producer now. He, he produces yeah. almost everything he's in, so he's going to make sure that what he does feels right as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so, it'll be it'll be cool. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point. They'll take care into what they're you know, they're trying to do. And I think they're not thinking well, I, I don't know what they're thinking, but my opinion is they might be, you know, not as worried because they're not trying to make it, you know, like this big blockbuster like exactly thing. Like it they're right. never gonna do that like it was in the in 33 years ago, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's just, it'll be cool to see um, them trying to just, you know, bring back old characters, and, like, I think it'll be neat and nostalgic for people who love the Top Gun movie to... For sure. To, and so to sort of, that. Yeah, and then kind of reintroduces a new generation who hasn't, doesn't know about Top Gun, which is a shame because it's a great movie. Yeah. I'll yeah. end this by saying... It's going to be great to take the highway back into the danger zone. <laughs> Plug! <laughs> Check out the song. It's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, number three? No, number four. Sorry. Number four. Uh, we got some set photos from Avengers Infinity War with all this crossover goodness. Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Hulk, Wong. I think that's it. I don't remember who else is in the picture, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Uh, we also got some set images of Ant-Man, Paul Rudd on set, and Doctor Strange tussling with a uh, unknown 
CGI person, mm. rumored to be a, uh, for those of you who are comic book fans, rumored to be part of the Black Order, which is like a cult of like Thanos' children who are being sent out to find the Infinity Stones because Thanos still can't do it himself, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> still sitting on his throne. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I know this is really exciting. This is, this is the promise of Avengers Infinity War coming to reality. We're seeing these crossovers that we've been dreaming of for the past 10 years. Yeah. Doctor Strange yeah, and Iron so Man. Awesome. Also known as the... Um, the goatee buddies because they have the same yes, facial hair. So that's so I'm funny. Wonder if that dialogue from the comics will make it into the movie. Uh, we've we've obviously seen other set photos of um, Vision and Scarlet Witch on set, not really revealing or anything. But this is just the promise of Infinity War, and it's great to see a Doctor Strange getting immersed into the universe outside of his own. Uh, excuse me, outside of his own cinematic universe with his solo film. So, I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's just awesome. I, I don't want to speculate too much, but it's, you know, we know what if, if Infinity War is going to be. It's going to be the culmination of everything they've been doing since Iron Man 1, meaning every, almost every character that's been in these movies that are huge or even minor are going to be in these films. Like, they're going to tie everything together with a nice little bow, and then by the end of Avengers 4, we will have something new. Um, that isn't the well. It isn't going to be phase four, is what I'm hearing. It's like it's it's all I know is that it's different. Like uh, the only thing we really know after that's going to happen after phase four is or after phase four after phase three is the first film in phase four will be Spider-Man two, which means we'll get sort of his perspective of what happened in those two movies and how that changes his world and the world as a whole because I feel like there might be a reset button set figuratively and literally for the MCU mm -hmm. some actors are leaving this might this might be their last films including uh, Robert Downey Jr. who's sort of danced around the possibility of sticking around longer but I, I, I don't know I think they're waiting to announce that he will hang up the armor for good after this movie oh that would just kill my heart yeah and I but I think the, the, I mean, never say never. He could come back five, ten years down the road. That but is also, true. They, also, do, they like to do that, don't mm, they? Yeah, but I also <laughs> think that I agree when people say that like these characters are kind of like James Bond in a sense, that you can still recast and continue on as if you know nothing ever changed. Obviously, the big debate is like Robert Downey Jr., he's... He is Iron he, Man. He is Iron Man. Like, he's, no, you couldn't recast Iron you, Man. I don't think you could. It's, I think in this universe you couldn't recast because James Bond. I mean, yeah, they're they're. It's part it's of the, it's part of the franchise to yeah. recast James Bond. Like people are used to there being a new James Bond. Right, but I think in this you would have gotten used to these these iconic actors and characters. That that's who they are. If you, mm -hmm. I don't. I and don't. But then again, would be a good when thing. Sean Connery started out as Bond in the sixties. He did six or seven movies before he hung up, so people probably had to... Uh, yeah, I think... People I think, probably saying the same thing, I think. Like, you can't recast James Bond. I think that would be weird. I think that would just be odd, especially mm -hmm. in this... Plus, you've also recasted Spider-Man three times. Well, that's different, because that's a different... I feel like that's a different universe. So you never got into the Avengers. You never got into, like, you know, 
this true. team. That's that's true. That's and good so point. now is... they're starting with the Tom Holland Spider Man with I- Iron Man in like that now. in the MCU. The other ones like you you've explained to me before. They're you know they're their own separate thing, and they didn't. That's I think that's the reason you know. Right. Obviously, also why they didn't cast Andrew Garfield or well, I will we'll not mention. Yeah, 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 we'll get to that. <laughs> but I don't think that they cast him as you know the new Spider Man because um, it's they didn't want the baggage of that movie. You right, know, they right. wanted to start new with this, and I think they would go. They're gonna go with this. So I don't know. I am all the way. This is probably gonna piss off a lot of people. This is very controversial what I'm about to say, but I am Team Iron Man all the way. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love me some cat. Just might applaud yourself to get off the show. <laughs> but I <Just> love <laughs> love Iron Man. I love Robert Downey Jr. I love the character, and I think a lot of do too and I don't think weren't that. you wearing a team cap shirt this 4th of July I was I was I was uh, I, I'm a traitor <laughs> don't you like that folks we got a hypocrite in the house <laughs> see I can't choose I love them both but I really I love I love Robert Downey Jr. and, and Iron Man that's who I love oh, you're, so, you're absolutely um, right yeah and oh gosh so I don't think that that would be wise of the MCU cash, yeah <laughs> No, it's, it's tough, because, like, yeah, he's still a big part, and I've even come around to really liking the character, you know, initially, when Iron Man 1, 2 came out, I was just like, this guy is kind of an asshole, but he's matured and grown, in fact, I but that's I bought character. my second Iron Man action figure last week, so, <laughs> it's working. He's an asshole, but he has a good heart. Yes. Um, deep down, underneath all of it, it's... Yeah. He really is a good person. And right. He, Let's get back to the photos real quick. Um, yeah. One thing I noticed about Iron Man specifically is that he's got the arc reactor back in his chest. I'm wondering yeah. if something's happened to him that he has to get an arc reactor put back in his chest again. Yeah, I'm not sure. Unless that's just a CGI. They're going to put the suit over him, maybe. Yeah, um, I don't know. This looks like a... I don't even know what he's It's a jacket wearing. of some it's sort. Kind of... It's a cool Tony Stark-esque jacket. Yeah. But I'm... I'm I'm, He's just chilling. Yeah, either A, it's it's a, it's gonna be morphed over with his CGI armor, or B, he actually needs to get the art reactor and he's he's like he's dying or something, yeah. and that'll lead into it's kind of kind of be like Logan, it'll be a little poetic yeah. if he does hit the hit the hit the can. Yeah. Anyways, um, but like I said, this is the promise of Infinity War. These crossovers we've already seen: Spider-Man, Iron Man, and Captain uh, Captain America. Star Lord in a scene together, and now we're seeing these guys together. I want to see more stuff with Cap. I want to see what his costume looks like. We saw Robert Downey Jr.'s new Iron Man suit. That looks pretty dope. And if it's the last one we get, well, it's a nice one to. It cap looks it off. pretty cool, but at the same time, that, that's not it. Oh, that, it's it's uh, it's that one. This one. <laughs> she Sorry. was looking at the Mark One. <laughs> no, I. Sorry, it's I... okay, Shelby. Um. <laughs> No, the, I I would say sorry. I was gonna say something about oh the hard one, one, but yeah. that's okay. Um, yeah, well, my bad then. It's it's just funny how like they've really taken like the design and well, how do we get back? But and just oh, oh well. <laughs> Anyways, I'm looking at these pictures. Hold on, let me get back. Technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and like they didn't really change the new one too much mm-hmm. you know it's just kind of it's just funny how they 
they, they don't really change a whole lot. They kind of just like, you know, even from like back to this costume, it was kind of like every time you see the, the costumes all together, they're kind of just a little step up of yeah, like, they don't really do a whole lot. Right. You know? Because so. they don't want to change it too much because that's a lot of work, but they also want to sell more toys. So they oh, have I to keep creating true. new armors. That's why that's we have. true. I totally, I always forget about the business behind the movies. Yeah. Because I'm like, what's wrong with the old suit? It, it was great, you know, but. Because I even like, I, it's a funny thing most people don't realize, but like the suit in Iron Man 3 is the exact same suit in Avengers Age of Ultron. The colors have just switched. So in Iron Man 3, it was a yellow suit with some red highlights. Right, that's in, right. In Iron Man 3, it's the same suit, but it's a red suit with yellow highlights. Ah, see. So yeah, that's a little trivia for it. But anyways, um, we should move on to the next story. But like I said, Promise of Infinity War is these crossovers, so hopefully we'll get to see a ton of crossovers in the actual movie, which I'm sure we will, both Avengers 3 and 4, so... Stay tuned. Yes. All right, number five. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez is threatening to leave the Fast and Furious franchise if it does not improve on its female characters. Now, I haven't seen uh, Fast 8, Fate of the Furious, freaking stupid title, but whatever, <laughs> whatever. The whole franchise is stupid anyway, so. Hey, they're pretty cool. They are pretty they're cool. They're just, a, you know, kind of one of those movies that are like, I just want to see some awesome action just ridiculousness yeah. i love it you no know? you're right but it's fun there's a certain point where you're you're getting annoyed by the point where they're fighting submarines <laughs> and jason statham is karate chopping dudes while holding a baby it's just like <laughs> what the hell is going I on i think that's why these this franchise works because it's so outrageous it's so not life that it's just so Awesome. I don't know how to explain it. It's just so awesome. I'm just waiting for them to go to space in the next one. Oh, yes. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's drive cars on the moon. Yes. Oh, that's fine. Anyways, uh, Michelle Rodriguez around to sleep the franchise. I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen Fast 8, so I don't know what type of role she had. I heard it was a very condensed one. But she's had, like, she is a big presence in these films. Like, she is the wife of Vin Diesel's character. So. I don't understand what she wants. Does she want to be the main star of the franchise? Does she want more action? Does she want more screen time? Does she want... What does she want? Yeah. It's, it's like, I'm sorry, but this has been Vin Diesel's franchise since the beginning. This is something he has worked his ass off to create and build up and rescue. Because it was, you know, the first movie and the second movie and the third movie were like, crap. And then he's like, I want to bring this back. I want to... I wanna, beef it up. If I'm going to do this, we need to do it. We need to do it differently. And that's yeah. when Fast and Furious 4 came out, and it's been going uphill ever since. So I don't know, understand what... She, does she want a spin-off? Does she want a Letty spin-off? I mean, it, as much as... I don't think anyone she, would watch that. I don't... I, I, that's the thing. It's like, I don't think... I think she's almost overselling her... I don't want to sound like a jerk, but she's almost overselling her role in the franchise. Yes, she is a big presence. She, like I said, she is the wife of of Vin Diesel's character, and she had a big presence when she came back because she was she left the franchise in uh, four and five. She died, and then she came back to life in six, and she's been a big presence ever since. So I don't understand, I don't understand what she wants. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this yesterday, and 
at first it was kind of like I oh I, I can see her point I totally get that because as an actress you know there are a lot of different things that you know your male counterparts will you know they'll get paid more or whatever it yeah. is which is totally which should is, not be a thing I mean yeah it happens it sucks but whatever and um, but you know as far as the depth of the character maybe she wanted you know she doesn't want to just be Dom's wife she wants to do you know keep being like the badass like hero female hero character that she she has been in the past maybe that's kind of what she's feeling like mm -hmm. oh am I getting kind of you know shoved under the rug here where now these you know the rock and Vin Diesel and like they're all getting you know their right, right. claim to fame I'm not sure um because and, I haven't really seen her in a whole lot else, you know? Yeah. So maybe that's kind of what she wants, which I don't blame her. But I'm not, now I'm starting to think, like, well, what exactly? That's a good point. Like, what what, is she, what does she want? Like, that's kind of I, – I kind of imagine that's what her character would do at this point in the series or this point in the, the – what is the that? Franchise. The franchise. Yeah, so it's kind of like – I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't know why she made that comment. It was kind mm -hmm. of random and interesting. Right, and also, I mean, again, spoilers for Fast Eight because I'm an idiot. I looked at spoilers, so go to the timeline thing number, and if you don't want to hear spoilers for Fast Eight, I mean, do you mind? No. Okay. I don't. Cool. <laughs> I actually really want to know what happens. So, do you remember in Fast Five there was this um, FBI agent that? Dom had a thing with. Yes. And then they got together in Fast 6, and then Liddy came back, and he's like, sorry, I gotta go back to Letty because she's my girl. Whatever. Right, right. She, I guess, dies in Fast 8, and she had a child with um, Vin Diesel's character, Dom. Oh, wow. Dom. And so the whole, the reason why he's turning on the, the, the family is because of this baby he want, needs to protect this kid. So then they learn that, and they're like, okay, we gotta help Dom, we gotta help the kids. So that's when they all team up, and they save the kid. That's what I'm talking about, the whole fight with the baby. Oh, so what? Okay, I'm So then sorry. Lenny becomes the... So that's when Lenny is like, maybe we should quit the business and be a family and, and raise this kid as our own. So it's like, that's a great thing for your character. Yeah. What more could you want? I don't know, that's interesting. Yeah, and like, you made, a, you made some pretty good points, like... I, I understand she feels like she, she's being pushed under the rug because, like, Vin Diesel and, uh, Vin Diesel, no, sorry, Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham's character are both getting, like, a spin-off because their dynamic in Fast 8 right. was so electric. Right. Like, people love that, so they yeah. want to see those two characters in a spin-off movie, so that's happening. So I don't know if she wants that for her character or if she just wants to have a bigger but presence. But that wouldn't make sense. No, it wouldn't, me. yeah. And also, the thing... Maybe if she, there's if something... She, if she left, it, it, I mean, you, they killed off um, that FBI lady f so that Letty could still be the main uh, female lead of the franchise. Yeah. And so she's sort of kicking herself in the boot to, to leave because then it's like, okay, we just killed this girl so you could be the main female character. If you leave, then we're going to have to get someone to just replace your character altogether, they're going to have to explain some stuff with her. Oh, she's on vacation raising the baby or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, with Paul I'm Walker. I mean, thinking I guess... about some conspiracy level stuff here. Maybe yeah. it's 
maybe it's not even having to do with the movies who knows maybe it's the way she has been treated like with wages or like on set or like I really have no idea don't don't right. hang me for this I don't know what they're like on set We're but they even did say yeah. interesting things on this article I mean it is collider I'm not collider. exactly you know I'm sure how rel- they're reliable they're pretty reliable they don't they, they, said, don't they don't reveal it they don't report anything that they don't know for sure yeah, so they said we already know we that you, Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson didn't get along on filming of The Fate of the Furious. I think and I thought that a, was interesting. I think that was a stunt. Oh. I, th- I think that was a stunt because they, they were against each other in this movie. Oh, you that know? makes sense. I mean, I don't quote me on that, but I because they're fine now. Oh, yeah. So it's just like that, that had to have been a publicity stunt. Oh, I'm sure. Raise awareness for the movie. Which was great because I think they're supposed to do something like that at WWE and it never worked out. So this is like what they um, they end yeah. up doing it now for Fast Eight. That's so funny. yeah, so yeah I'm not sure. Maybe she's feeling mistreated by something else and is taking it out on the franchise. I really have no idea because I I don't know why she would. I don't think we have the whole picture. Basically, yeah, that's what exactly. I'm saying because that to us with what we know, it doesn't make sense why she would. You know what she literally says. I hope you know. They show some love to the women of the franchise on the next one, or I might just have to say goodbye to a love franchise. I'm yeah. like, that's a really, that that's a really big statement. She's basically me. saying goodbye right then. There she has a picture of like all the fans and Vin Diesel and one of the other female, only female leads in the franchise at the moment. It's like, are you saying, are you leaving now, or are you threatening to leave? Because it looks like you're leaving now. Yeah, it was inter- it's just interesting. It's been a good yeah. ride, and I'm grateful for the opportunity the fans and studio provided over the years. But I, I don't know. It's, yeah. And they even Collider says, it's a weird thing to negotiate your position in a social media post. But it's not what we all do now. But right. even still, it's like, um, it's weird. Yeah, and Vin Diesel has come out and like uh, supported her on this. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is more than what we're assuming right now. You know, she does have a right to voice her concerns, and hopefully the studio hears her out, but at a certain point, there is there is only so much the studio can do for her, and I don't know, maybe it's just on her part as an actress, as a producer, to try and get a new solo vehicle for her to star in or something, yeah. or, yeah, I mean, Fast 9 is not a, is, it's a set thing, but we don't know what it's about, so they have, I believe, Fast 9 and 10 will close out the franchise as a whole, at least the main well, that's so, what I was saying. I was thinking if maybe that is, that you is know, her that's time. kind of the, you know, <laughs> how many movies has she been in? And yeah, she wasn't there for a few movies. I don't know yeah. what that was about. But, you know, it's kind of just like, this is, they I think this is what they want to back. do. Like, this is what how her character should end. Like, what, yeah. what more, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, so it could be about money. It could be, which, let me make that clear right now. That is totally unfair everybody should be paid around the same depending on the beef of the role she's been in this franchise for a long time she deserves a around the same whatever vin diesel is being paid she, yeah she should, it's just she interesting i mean that's a whole another thing it because is, like yeah. vin diesel is definitely more has more i guess you could say quote-unquote star power than right well he's know, also like tom cruise he's producing everything that's what i mean too, so, so i mean I think it, there's a lot of, you know, obviously there's a lot of politics involved with that whole kind of thing. Because we know that that's a real thing. Like, you know, I think I think it was like Scarlett Johansson didn't get like half as much as um, Robert Downey Jr. on like the Marvel movies or like, right, just different right. things like that. It's just, 
And I'm not necessarily sure if it is because they're women, but like we know that there have been yeah. things like that. I think it I really has to do with star power, but I know that that's also a very real thing. Right, about. yeah. And that's another so. can of worms too. We could probably talk for another yeah, hour about Yeah, so who knows? Stuff, so. What we're saying, may, maybe that could be the issue with Michelle Rodriguez here. Or, but we, we don't know. No, I'm no. not sure. I, we, all we know is that she's upset about something. Yeah. And, um, oh, well. Uh, yeah, no, we, <laughs> I mean, I hope, she, I, I hope that uh, her concerns are just and that she gets what she deserves. Right, right. Definitely hope the studio hears her out. But I hope she understands that she is still a big part of this franchise, but she's not the biggest part of this franchise. Right, yeah, yeah. And I don't see how being Dom's wife is not a rewarding role. Mm-hmm. That's what they were saying, too. Right. Like, and that's she, not and a very rewarding role yeah. to be Dom's I'm like, why not? <laughs> and Shadow Rodriguez is already a badass in her own right, so she don't have to worry about her image. She's right. okay. Right. She's okay. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's Maybe it. Maybe that's it. Maybe we just hit the jet. Yeah. All right. Well, we should move on. So that was our top five running down the list again. That was Baby Driver 2, A Possibility, Samuel L. Jackson returning as Nick Fury and Captain Marvel, Top Gun Maverick gets a 2019 release date with Joseph Wyszynski directing, Avengers Infinity War set photo show off Iron Man's new armor and Avenger crossover awesomeness, and Michelle Rodriguez threatens to leave the Fast and Furious franchise. And now we get on to our topic of the week. So this week, last week, Spider-Man Homecoming is up, well, we're recording this on Friday, so it's already out. So Spider-Man Homecoming is upon us. And I haven't seen it yet. I'm planning on going to see it next week because money's a thing, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and baby driver tickets were hella expensive, but it was <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> go see go see in Sinopolis. Totally recommend Sinopolis. Yeah, it's great. Uh, anyways... Um, so, Spider-Man has been in seven movies over the past 10, 15, actually 17 years. The first one came out in 2000, I believe. Um, and he's been in six solo films. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Like, the, the Spider-Man was really one of the first Marvel superheroes, or superheroes in general, to really jumpstart the superhero franchise. Yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah, wow. Like, I remember watching the first movie as a kid, and just it's one of my favorite movies today. I didn't realize how good it was yeah. until I really grew up and, be, and started getting into filmmaking and um, what really went into that film behind the scenes. Now I have my issues with it. I don't think it's a totally accurate comic adaptation, but it, it, in its own right, it's a phenomenal movie, like Oscar worthy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're here to sort of run through Spider Man's film history, starting with the original Spider-Man film with Tobey Maguire, directed by Sam Raimi, all the way up until Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Homecoming and Civil War. And uh, the reason why Shelby's here is because we, like I said, we were having a Sally Field, unintentional Sally Field marathon (laughs) on 4th July. We're watching Mrs. Doubtfire. We watched The Amazing Spider-Man. We watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And... I think it's safe to say you had a pretty emotional reaction to Oh my gosh. One, if not both of the movies. It was well, I've seen the first one. I saw it when it first came out. And I lo- I remember just loving it, but oh I just love the way they like oh, there's just so many things to say. I they're all in my brain right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna go through all the all <laughs> the films one after the, the way other. that they there's just so emotional and it's really a great experience. Mm-hmm. They they 
the thing that makes I think the villains specifically so great is they're real characters and they're not they don't always start out as bad people exactly all, some of them just get a tough break and just yeah. take it out it's very human extreme. exactly very human yeah so it, it was yeah I really liked what they did with the films yeah so let's start off with the original Spider-Man okay. from 2000 uh, I believe it was 2000 I hope I'm right on that one <laughs> so yeah I, I remember seeing this for the first time my dad being my dad he, he t recorded on a uh, he got it from Blockbuster recorded on a uh, VHS tape and uh, that was our it was it was cut out to you know it was uh, you know you can like cut out parts on VHS's you can like record over them oh yeah well my dad would record over the like really scary parts for us so like <laughs> um, like Aunt May um, getting attacked by the Green Goblin oh yeah she, that was scary she cu he cut that out he cut out a lot of the stuff with the Green Goblin talking to himself in the mirror yeah uh, that's so funny him getting impaled by his own glider yeah all that was cut out so then when I watch it as an adult it's like that was was in the movie yeah because to me as a kid i'm just like that's the movie that, yeah that is the movie and the oh, that's one, so funny the one thing you I, know I, I do remember that being really scary actually but i was yeah. okay I, I remember watching it it's, i mean it really isn't that scary yeah. when you look at it but the one thing i was surprised he didn't cut out was the uh the uh kissing scene what <laughs> he didn't cut that out oh i thought you said he did i was like no, yeah, i was just well because that's beautiful i mean right yeah it's, and it's, it, that's classic and it's so iconic now yeah it's just like I mean, just looking back, it was like, I don't know, if I was a friend, I would have probably cut that out, but, I mean, I'm glad he didn't, because it's I, like, I wouldn't have. It's a, I, I, actually, I think he cut out the fight scene before that moment. Oh, that's funny. You've got a director's... I mean, I was like, I was like, <laughs> parents... That would be longer. Parental cut, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I was like five years old, so I was, I was really young when this came Oh my out. gosh, I see, yeah. So... I think I saw it, well, it was, it was 2002, actually, came out. It was, yeah. right, okay. Cool. So yeah, so I think uh, well, wait, was I? I was like six or seven years old, so still really young. I think I I don't remember seeing it in theaters. Like I I think I saw them like a few years after they came out or something, mm -hmm. you know. So I was a little bit older to like be able right. to you know understand everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my parents would never take me then because just you know of what they were. They were oh, yeah, you did. They were dark. They were scary, but they were also you know fun and inspiring. And I never saw Spider Man. Uh, one in the theater, never saw Spider-Man 2. My dad did take me and my brother to see Spider-Man 3. That's cool. Which we were 13, 14 years old at the time, so we were old enough to see these movies. And yeah. My brother and I have just been, oh, Spider-Man's been part of my life for a long time. Yeah. And I'm just, mostly I want to go back and watch those again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As most of you know, I'm a huge toy collector. One of my first, I remember, um, I have asthma, and I remember being on a hay rack ride in like Wyoming or something, and having my first big allergic reaction where I, like my face was blue, I couldn't breathe, I was rushed to the hospital, they gave me a little bottle of Benadryl, and I was fine. Uh. And my mom was like, like, I don't know if this was like she was happy I was still alive or just like whatever, but she's like, okay, honey, you get to we're gonna go to the store and you get to pick your own toy. It's like really, and so Spider Man was coming out at the time, so. One of my first action figures that I got was this Spider-Man uh, toy. He had it was like kind of with the stand of um, like a streetlight, and he was like swinging oh, on the so streetlight. Cool. Yeah, it was, oh my it was the coolest thing ever. 
I was thinking about getting like a Lego set, but then I saw that I was like, I want that. That's what I want. That's great. But then I went to Spider-Man, and then um, I, I, for a time I lived in Nebraska, and then I moved to Iowa, but the, and our house was still being built at the time, and so we were staying with my grandma in Omaha. She lived like right down the street from us, so it was like we were still home. Yeah. And Spider-Man 2 was coming out at yeah. the time, so it was like, I gotta get a Spider-Man 2 toy. So uh, my mom... God love her. She would she would always be like, okay, you have to do well in school. You have to do like you have like Easter test. Yeah. You have to have to write this paper. You have to read this many chapters before you can open your toy. And if it was like a toy with multiple pieces, you can only put out get out That's one piece at so a time. Right. So I think it was like this this like two pack with Doctor Octopus and Spider Man. Wow, cool. And so the first first thing I got out was Spider Man, and then I was like have. Doc Ock in the box before I opened it. I was like, I'm Dr. Octopus. I was like, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, it was such a dork. That is so great. Oh and then, um, yeah, same deal with Spider-Man 3. I remember getting a Spider-Man 3 figure as well. Um, but just, yeah, that's been such a huge part of my childhood. I remember he was just a cool character. Yeah, yeah. He was. He, he, was. he, was, he was funny. He was, he was um, cool. He was relatable. He, he had, there was, I remember watching the cartoon as well. He would have episodes where he would like talk with kids and stuff and he would yeah. really, they really like, it was a, sh- it was a character that everybody could love. Like everybody could relate to adults and kids. And yeah. that's what was so great about him growing up. So then, um, so yeah, sorry, I got off on a tangent there. Going back to those first movies. Um, yeah, just phenomenal. If you look at the behind the scenes stuff, that uh, Sam Raimi put into that first movie. He tries really hard to do his own thing, but really, like, do justice to the comic. Yeah, that's and awesome. And you don't think about it firsthand, and uh, personally, I don't I don't think it's the most accurate in terms of the comic, but right. he, he still, the point is he does his own thing while still um, really touching it on, like, who Peter Parker is, who Spider-Man, and that struggle. Mm-hmm. And at this, at the center of the whole movie, that first movie, it's about a guy who's in love with a girl and just wants to right. be in love with this girl who yeah. slowly learns to notice him over the years. And that, and that, and then he learns um, responsibility with great power comes great responsibility. And right. by the time he gets the girl, he's like, "But I can't because mm-hmm. because I have a duty now, and if 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 I." If I'm with her, I put her in danger. I have responsibility to protect right. her and the ones I love. Which, once I realized that was the whole point of the movie, I was just like, "That's freaking genius!" And that's yeah. that's just like basic storytelling. That's that's what that's what you need to tell a good story. That's you know the suit, the special effects, everything. That's that's nothing unless you have a really good story. And that movie could have easily just been a flop. It's like Spider-Man. Who? What? Yeah. <laughs> and. The fact that, that definitely it started that. A, started the age of, you know, right. The put the, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, it, it started that the age of superhero films. Yeah, yeah. and it like made that held that precedent for like, all right, yeah. here it is, you know. And then so many films tried to mimic it, like Daredevil. Yeah. And the, I mean, the X Men did a pretty good job doing its own thing, but like Daredevil and Fantastic Four yeah. and The Punisher, they all tried to do what Spider Man did, and they didn't even come close. Right. I mean, I still kind of like the Daredevil movie, but it still has its major it's problems. Things, yeah, it's for things, sure. Yeah. yeah, and it definitely did not take off as, like, a... It didn't feel like a Marvel superhero film. Yeah, it, 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 it had a... Um, it just felt like a 
shell of a movie. Mm-hmm. Like there was something missing. Yeah. And it was that core story element, that, that theme, that message, that relays all throughout the Spider-Man film. And then leading into Spider-Man 2, uh, Spider-Man 2 was sort of, you know, him being an adult and struggling to uh, maintain his normal life and yeah. his Spider-Man life to the point where he's like, I give up. I can't be Spider-Man anymore. Right. So he hangs up the suit. And that's a really powerful moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's pulled straight from the comics as well. And yeah, that that was a great and natural progression. I think I, I put Spider-Man 2 up there with some of the greatest, not just the greatest superhero films, but like just the greatest... Um, the greatest sequels of all time. Yeah. Like you, and it comes full circle because he realizes that this is still his responsibility, and he can't just walk away from it. I would say and that, that was that's really that's sort of like too. it's it's almost like we all carry our crosses, and Spider Man is the cross he has to bear. Right. For the sake, not only for the for those ones he loves, but for the whole world. Like he owes it to right the world to do the things he does, which is save people. Mm-hmm. And then there's Spider-Man 3, which... Yeah, I'd say they went a little bit downhill with that. Yeah, you know? I still... It wasn't bad, it but wasn't, it wasn't though. great, you People, know? I think, I think Spider-Man 3 gets a really tough break. I yeah. think it is definitely the worst of the three, but it's not a bad movie. Like, yeah, like I said, it's not bad, but it's not great. I mean, the, the guy that plays Venom is completely miscasted. Like, yeah. Not even close to what Eddie Brock is in the comics or what comic book fans know that character to be. Um, but I, it, it's, I still was in the story, into the story. I think it was a great, again, a great natural progression for yeah, Peter Parker to go. for sure. He is sort of on top of the world. He's Spider-Man. He has the girl. Life couldn't be more perfect. And then he gets, except for Harry, of course, Harry being a jerk. Yeah. But then he gets into a coma, and then he wakes up, and he's like, he forgets everything, so it's all great, yeah. so it's still great. And then he's going to propose to Mary Jane, but then Venom comes in, and he gives him this new persona, gives him the black suit, and makes him feel um, more so on top of the world, like he's the master of his, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, he's... The master of his destiny, I yeah. guess. You know, he, he really takes control of his own life to the point where he's not the same person. Right. And it's almost like, you know, that's kind of what temptation, what sin does to you. Yeah. It like pulls you in until it's too late. And then, you know, once he hits rock bottom, loses Mary Jane, he tries to take revenge on the Sandman when we reveal that he killed his, uh, he killed Uncle Ben, uh, or at least unintentionally. And... He comes full circle. He realizes, like, okay, uh, that this is this is wrong. This is not who I am, and uh, he just, basic basic um, struggle between the dark and the light. And he mm-hmm. comes back to the light at the end, um, losing some people, of course, uh, Harry. But I think it ends despite it not being supposed to be the last one because they're going to make a Spider-Man four. Oh wow. Um, Despite it not being supposed to be the last one, it ends on a pretty good note. Like, you yeah. know, the last shot is Mary Jane and Peter hugging it out, and, like, you're, you're just left with, like, they're going to get back together, Spider-Man's still Spider-Man, all is right with the world. Yeah. So, you know, it's not the best, but it's still great. Um, all those villains, let's just touch on the villains real quick. Like, like I said, they're really... They're not bad guys. They're just people who are given... 
given the shaft, and then they have yeah. to take matters into their own hands. Like, yeah. Green Goblin specifically, he is, his company is taken out from under him, and he takes on the persona of the Green Goblin to take back what's his, mm-hmm. and to... Uh, and the Green Goblin almost becomes an, another character in itself because of the treatment that he undergoes. Um, and Norman Osborn doesn't necessarily want to do this, yeah. but he's forced to because the Goblin has sort of taken over. Right. And even, like, you know, near the end of the movie, he, try, he you know, fights off the Goblin, and it's like, you know, don't, it's me, stop beating me up. And um, you get the sense that, yeah, he's not the bad guy. He's... He's a victim of the goblin and yeah. that persona that he comes with. And then, of course, um, Doc... I don't know if you how much you're remembering of this, but yeah. <laughs> it's been a while, I know. Uh, Doc Ock, of course, um, he, is a fr- he becomes a friend of Peter Parker. Right. And um, that becomes tough for Peter then because he's trying to... Um, He's trying to help his friend see the light, but he right. doesn't. He can't because he's so blinded by revenge. He's also in con- being controlled by this technology. Crew, and so. I think that's what happens with a lot of the characters. Like even in you know the Andrew Garfield Spider Man's. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we'll get you to know, that. You know, with uh, he, uh, with Doctor Connors. I mean, he mm-hmm. as his friend. He his dad's friend. He didn't think that he was a bad guy. Like. And he even says, like, this isn't you, like, you know, and so it's, I think that happens to every, and even Harry, he was just misunderstood, like, he, you know, he really wanted, Peter wanted to help Harry, but he just, he didn't want to hurt him, and he was so desperate that he couldn't see the truth, or couldn't see, and I think that's what happens to a lot of these characters, like the Green Goblin, even in yeah. way back to the first ones, and like, Doc Ock, and all that stuff, so it's like, it's, really cool how they like put the human element but then they you know they go way too far kind of like max in in the new ones too i'm, yeah. I'm jumping all over the place yeah, yeah but that's that's okay but no you're right you're like all the touching on all the villains you know yeah movie, so they have this human element to them that's... especially max is the one that killed me the most because yeah, well... he he was just so you know a <laughs> little odd right, off but right. you know he wasn't really hurting anyone and yeah it was just sad how he didn't have anybody um you know, right? Anybody? Yeah, we'll we'll get to Max, <laughs> but um, just to cap off the whole Sam Raimi trilogy, then you go to Spider-Man three, and you, obviously you have three villains, one of which is not really that great, Venom, the other being Harry, who you know obviously is already a great character because he's just blinded by the fact that he's Peter lied to him about being Spider-Man, um, and he him possibly killing his father even though he didn't, and yeah. um, just wanting revenge and just confused. And then this, for me, I think the best villain in Spider-Man 3 is the Sandman. Because, yes, he's a criminal, but he's just trying to get money for his daughter who's, like, undergoing, like, cancer treatment or something. Yeah. And... They really put the human element in the villains, which yeah. I don't... Like, that is a good thing. Yeah. But also, you know, the bad doings that they're doing are bad. That's of not course, to say of course, that, yeah. like, and, the, the, and the movie makes it, it... The movie definitely... They, it gives them redeeming qualities, but still doesn't justify what they're doing. Right. Because I, I, I mean, say what you want about the Sandman. I think he is the best villain out of that movie because he has the most engaging story. And even, yeah. even before Spider-Man fights him for the first time in that movie, he's like, I don't want to hurt you. Leave before it gets worse. He's like, oh, right. that's funny. You're on the shirt for this time. He's like, okay, fine. And then he punches him in the, in the chest. And, yeah. Um, but then at the end... Um, when Venom's killed, Harry's dead, Sandman comes back, and he 
tells him about like why he had to why he didn't kill his uncle and why why it happened the way it happened and he's like I don't, I'm not asking you to forgive me I just want you to understand what happened yeah. and Peter's like well, I forgive you anyways and then he just there's nothing else to say so he goes off and yeah. that was perfect I was honestly felt like oh my gosh the same is going to come back and they're going to team up it's going to be great yeah. but that's unlikely now <laughs> mm-hmm. but I just I, I, don't, I don't care what y'all say I love Sandman I think he's a great villain in Spider-Man 3 all the villains in Spider-Man the Spider-Man and Sam Raimi trilogy are fantastic. Absolutely. And uh, to segue into the next one, the problem I had with Tim McGuire, as as great as he was as Peter Parker, he wasn't a great Spider-Man. And that's when we yeah. get into Andrew Garfield, who I think wasn't a great Peter Parker, but was a great Spider-Man. Because mm, Spider-Man is very quippy and on his toes, and like the persona of Spider-Man and Peter Parker are two separate things, and they almost feel like the same in both the Sam Raimi films and the Mark Webb films. Interesting. I would have to kind of disagree with that because in the, um, I would say for definitely the first trilogy, you mm-hmm. know, the Sam Raimi films, I would say there wasn't a clear, I would agree with that, you know, Tobey Maguire didn't do a great Spider-Man, but did an okay Peter Parker, yeah. you know, and it was, you know, gave a good character to that. But then I would say, um, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, the way he took that was, it was so, especially in the first movie, it was so clear that he was this quiet, like, kind of almost nerdy, like, you know, awkward kind of kid. He was kind of the outsider. Yeah, and then when he became Spider-Man, you started seeing this personality come out of nowhere, you know, which was really, really cool. And he was, like you said, like, witty and, like, so great and I just I don't know I really mm-hmm. think that he played that well he was able to play Peter Parker you know the nobody right the outcast kind of thing and then was able to become like this badass awesome Spider-Man yeah. and then in the second movie you see him kind of become a more confident Peter Parker which was cool but still being himself mm-hmm. you know still being kind of awkward and quirky and cute but then um, really settling into, like, the Spider-Man and right. also Peter Parker as himself. Like, oh, I don't sure. need to be so, you know, so meek and, you know, now I have this newfound confidence because I'm Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it was interesting. I was watching the behind-the-scenes for The Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, and um, the way the reason why I say the thing to say about him not being a great Peter Parker is because just on the basis of the comics, it's not great, but... I think in the movie, in sense that. of the movie, like he does a great job of portraying the character that he's given. Because Mark Webb definitely wanted him to be a more modernized, um, like a nerd is not what a nerd used to be back in the day. Right. So he wanted to like what would a what would a geek or just what what would a, he's an outcast. You know, yeah. He's an orphan. He he definitely took a much much different approach to to Spider Man and Peter Parker. What. You know, to not take the just traditional nerd route. Right. So, in terms of the character that Mark Webb created, a different, more modern, contemporary Peter Parker. I think, yeah, you're right. That's a great character, and he did a great job with that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, as I've developed over the years, I've sort of let go of this like, it's a, it's an interpretation. Yeah. And at this point, Spider-Man is like the James Bond of. Marvel superheroes. He's been in yeah, he's been that's so three true. times. And I'm I'm convinced that based on what I've seen just from Civil War and the bits from Homecoming, 
that this is the Spider-Man that we've been wanting. He's right. He, he is a nerd and he is reserved and he is kind of a loser and in high school. But he is that he is that totally different persona that he can't be in high school. Right. That is what's so great about Spider-Man is that he he really he puts on the mask. He puts on the mask and he becomes. They're two different characters, yeah. but they're the same person. Yeah. Because he can't be the person he is as Spider-Man in high school. Right. You know? And I think the casting was perfect because I've been waiting for the young Spider-Man. The high school Spider-Man, yeah. You know, we've been waiting for that. And like, yeah, Emma Okay, we'll talk about Emma Stone in a second. But yeah. Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield did a really, really great job yeah, as playing we'll high schoolers. On, we'll, stay on, we'll stay on the Amazing Spider-Man series now. We'll sort of transition onto that. So, yeah, go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah, so like, I, I think they did a really great job as, you know, playing the high school, you know... Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy, or Peter Parker and oh, Gwen yeah. Stacy, but they were still older, and you can, you know, they you were can like tell. 2025. 20, and so it was still kind of like, okay, that's fine. But now Tom Holland, he's actually like what, like 21. Yeah, 21. But he's playing like a 15. But he has that like baby face, you know, that totally works as the young Spider-Man. I can really believe that he's really in high school, and that's how Spider-Man is supposed to be, you know. Right, so it was like right. very cool to see that, and. um the, his just he's so funny I mean obviously it's it's the script writing but the way he delivers it and the way right, that he right. you know he's just this cocky little kid when he's Spider-Man you know it's just it's really cool yeah. Um, but yeah so going back to The Amazing Spider-Man um, and Emma and Andrew oh my gosh and oh. That, I mean that chemistry was real if we were talking about we were watching Spider-Man 2 well, oh it's so real. The well, was that's like, the I don't kind of actors think... they are. You know, Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, they're serious actors, and they know, like, we, we've seen it in all the other movies they've, they've been in thus far. I mean, mm. Hacksaw Ridge with Teresa Palmer. Beautiful, authentic. You didn't feel like they were acting. You know, that's just the type of actors that they are. Mm-hmm. La La Land. La La Land. Ryan yeah. Gosling. They already have had that chemistry, though, so that's why that was really cool. But I feel like Emma Stone was still able to reach that kind of charming beautiful just even even with um um in Birdman with uh Michael Keaton no uh uh oh you're talking about the relationship what what is his name Ed Norton Ed Norton yeah okay like even that was authentic and natural and beautiful you know like it was cool I just she's a great flawless actor and when you have two beautiful actors who really know how to act there you go it doesn't feel like they're acting so they're they're kind of what carry that franchise. Oh yeah, and it's I think their chemistry is what made what kind of saved that movie because I think it has a little bit of Sony's um, obvious fingerprints in there. So um, yeah, it's great. And then um, look, Max is a tragic character. Let's talk yeah, about Max. Max. Real quick. So you feel so sorry for him, right? You know, and even. <laughs> Even though the, the point yeah. where he's like, don't you know, I'm Electro. And then he's doing like the dubstep thing at the end. It's just like, that's a little... Ah! But I didn't mind that. I really didn't mind that. I I don't know. It was kind of cool. It, it, it was cool, but it felt a little, just a little cheesy. Just sort of like, <laughs> but, I mean, but like, I think honestly, a little cheese in comic book stories. And this is where JJ and I thoroughly disagree on a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, I think it's like, okay, you disagree with this too. Like, I'll go off topic just a little bit with with uh, like Flash and Arrow and other DC comics spinoffs with like TV 
shows and stuff. Don't like them. I think a little cheese is not bad because the comics were like that. They were larger than life. They would say cheesy jokes that you're like, would facepalm if you read them now. You know, but Mm -hmm. they're classic and iconic, and I think that's why having that little extra thing in there really doesn't bother me. It Mm -hmm. makes me think of comic book. It doesn't make me think of, I don't believe this. I I can see that. The thing I have, the issue I have with DC, though, is that just the actors are just, they don't do good with the material they're given. I I would have to disagree. (sighs) I really would have to disagree. I think Stephen Amell and, like, a lot of those those people they are, have are moments, really good. But it's just I don't know. It's it's the script writing is so on point and so like it feels the same with every episode to the point where I was like, I don't know. Doing? To each his own. But that's just to, me. Each, to, each, to yeah. each his own. Um, <laughs> so, but anyways, do you, back ha- to do you have to get going? I actually, unfortunately, do. Okay. Well, do you want to give your? I'll, I'll finish this off here. But if you want to just give your closing remarks on. Spider-Man, and then if you want to plug yourself for social media stuff. Okay, um, I'll have to say that the biggest thing out of the Spider-Man movies, because I have not seen the second one until just this last weekend, and spoiler, you haven't seen it. Spoilers, go to the time time code. I mean, you should see it by now, but yeah, the biggest thing that took me a while to get over was the Gwen Stacy's death. I mean, I just... That was so shocking. That was such a plot twist for me. I mean, I didn't know beforehand that that was, you know, obviously what happened in the comics, and, and that's awesome. I love it when, you know, the universe really sticks to the comic universe, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that's important to the fans and to people who know and love these stories. Yeah, but, no, it was definitely a very comic-accurate ending. Yeah, when. yeah. But it was just so... The way that it was shot and the way that they built up, you know, their, their romance and relationship, and right before that, they were... Everything, you felt like everything was honestly going to be okay. Peter finally made his decision to be with Gwen, and it was going to be, that was that. And, oh my gosh, just everything that Peter's been through, it was just so tragic to see Gwen actually die. Like, I couldn't even believe that. But um, the only thing I can justify is that Gwen did not die in vain because... Spider-Man would not have been able to defeat Electro if she wasn't there because she needed to be there to to turn on the, the power did, switch. <laughs> so, you know, that's all I can say. And that that <laughs> hurts my heart, but hey, it was a wonderful movie. I really think it was a really great movie, and I loved Emma Stone and, and Andrew Garfield. And I'm sad they didn't work out in real life, too. But hey, really it, happens. Yeah, it, it happens. It happens. They're probably still good friends. I'm who's sure. your Who's your favorite Spider-Man actor? I mean, they uh, I mean we didn't get to Homecoming really so much, or like, um, you yeah, know, I'll, the I'll new movie. Touch on that then you'll own, touch but. on that. But I'm very excited to see that movie. I can't wait, and um, I'm excited to see uh, how Tom Holland does with this role and with Iron Man. I love the chemistry between Iron how Iron Man uh, mm-hmm. is uh, Tony Stark is taking. Uh, young Peter Parker under his wing and yes. going into the Avengers so I'm super excited about that um, it's going to be great and yeah who's your favorite so Spider-Man my favorite actor? Spider-Man actor it's I mean Tobey Maguire don't get me wrong did a great job he was the start of the Spider-Man franchise and Tom Holland is this new upcoming Spider-Man who is beautiful and witty and great and I'm excited to see more of him 
But I would have to say Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I think totally I love him. I just I love him so much as an actor, and it was really cool to see him in a superhero role like that. And I think he did a great job. And um, I loved his Peter Parker, even though, like Vinny said, I totally I agree with you know that on regards to the um, the comics and how it wasn't exactly you know the comic Peter Accurate, Par- Peter yeah. Parker, but it was the modern Peter Parker that I think at that time could was relatable to. To us, to I mean, I was in high school at that time, and that was like the cute, like nerdy, but like you know, like yeah, yeah. attractive and mysterious. Like I'd be like, oh, I would date him. Like <laughs> you know, every every person was like, oh, I could relate to this kid. Or even even in the um, you know, the the music that they chose, it was really cool because those were the you know the songs that were out that at that time, and it was like. Yeah. Oh, Yes, this is this is my movie. So. It felt very relatable. Yeah, very relatable, and I just loved um, Andrew Garfield's performance as as that Spider Man, and, and just I think it was just a star cast with the um, you know Emma Stone and him together. That was I loved her as Gwen Stacy, and I really loved that. So I would have to go with Andrew, Andrew Garfield, but nice. I'm excited to see Tom Holland, and um, I appreciate Tobey Maguire and what he did with the role in the first place. So. Right. And Kirsten Dunst. And Kirsten Dunst. Can't forget about her. Can't get she did a great job. Great Mary Jane. Iconic. Still yeah. the best, only the best, the only one. <laughs> uh, well, okay. unfortunately, Shelly has to go. I'll I still do. continue the conversation. We're running way over time, but hey, who cares? Hey, who cares? <laughs> So what? Who cares? So I guess. So Shelby, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Vinny. Thank you for having me. Thank you Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Where can listening. people find you online if they want to follow your stuff? Okay. Um. <laughs> You're on Twitter, right? I think I'm on Twitter. Twitter. I don't do Twitter a whole lot. I need to get better at that. Look, look. Um, I have an Instagram and a Facebook, obviously. And a website soon to come for it's my like acting. At, at Shelby Brienne. Yeah, at Shelby Brienne. I know her stuff more more than she does. Oh, Brienne Shelby. <laughs> I don't remember. Look at one of the other. Um, just find me. Shelby Turner. You know. But hey, you'll see her face. In the look future, in the future, I will be on social media more. I'm kind of getting my foot in the door here with all that stuff. So hey, if any of you can help me out with that, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, okay, Talented thank you all. actress, guys. Watch uh, out for Shelby thank Turner. You, Vinny. Thank you, Vinny. Thanks for being on the show. Sorry you have to go so soon. I know, soon, but I know. We probably should have finished like 15 minutes ago, yeah. but Thanks. like I said, I'll, I'll cap it off. It's all good. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was a pleasure being here. Oh, thank you. Okay. Pleasure as always. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye, Shelby. And then you can pause it. Or whatever. Let me just okay. this go. I'll just <laughs> let this roll. <laughs> oh, awkward. Okay. Uncensored. Bye, everyone. Bye, Bye Shelby. Thank you. Thanks again. All right. Well, here we are. By my lonesome doing the rest of the show. So here we go. Um, yeah, Max. Max Dillon, played by Jamie Foxx in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Shelby made up some pretty good made-up. She had some really great points. Like, he is a little cheesy, it's a little weird, it's a little on the nose, Max, but, you know, maybe she's right. A little cheese isn't that, isn't that bad for comic book movies, but I liked his Electro, honestly. When he became Electro, it was like, I, you feel for him, you don't really get that he is a bad guy. He's just, like the rest of them, just been given the shaft and is angry, just really angry. Same with, uh, with, 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 with Harry, with, I mean, not the Rhino, the Rhino's probably the only kid, villain next to Venom in the movies that's been like, you know, I am the Rhino! Whatever. Uh, but no, I, for what Spider-Man 2 is, I think it's an okay movie. I don't hate it as much as other people do, but it's fine. And then, 
I don't think The Amazing Spider-Man is my favorite of the Spider-Man reboots, but it's good as well. Like Andrew Garfield does such a great job because of the type of actor he is. Like Shelby said, he is such top-notch. I mean, he almost got nominated for an Oscar last year for Hacksaw Ridge. That's how good he is. So they really lucked out getting him to play Spider-Man. I think it's unfortunate that he had to get fired. I mean, but that's that's showbiz for you. It's a shame he couldn't be part of part of the MCU, even though I think they're already planning that. They initially planned on putting the Oscorp Tower in Avengers, putting those two universes together. I don't know. But whatever. We have Tom Holland now. It's all good. So moving on now to Civil War to cap off the conversation. I was so, so happy the day they announced Spider-Man would be in the MCU. Like, it's a dream I've had for so long to see Captain America and Spider-Man in the same scene together. And the fact that I've lived long enough to see it is, well, not all too surprising, but just a major blessing. And so grateful that we have an actor like Tom Holland and so glad that he is getting this opportunity and he is grateful for it as well. And having that one scene with Cap and Spider-Man fighting and talking was just, oh, it made my day. <laughs> made my life, more so to speak. And it immediately got me excited for more Spider-Man in the MCU. Tom Holland is a phenomenal young actor. almost said actress. <laughs> no, he is not an actress. He is an actor. <laughs> actor. Yeah, and they just did such a great job with him in Civil War. And with Homecoming not coming out, we have a great cast. We have Tom Holland, obviously, as Spider-Man. We have Robert Downey Jr. coming back as Iron Man. We have Michael Keaton, one of my favorite actors of all time, playing the Vulture. We have Zendaya playing a mysterious character named Michelle. Um, that Hawaiian kid who's playing his friend Ned, who we've never seen in the movies before. Uh, he's a great, funny addition to the, to the cast. We have um, the kid from Grand Budapest playing Flash, which I was kind of against, but... Honestly, how would you feel if you were if all you saw around you were white characters? And that's not really realistic. So, in a perfect world, I would not have casted him as Flash, but I'm okay with it. it I, I I gotta see the movie to really judge it. But the, if he does a great job, that's all that matters. And I'm not. There's been three movies with a white Flash. What's wrong with the one of a different color? What does it even matter? Why does Flash had to be a specific color. It does It does not matter to me. I don't care. Um, so, yeah, I guess we're, we are going way over time. But uh, just to cap off this whole, this whole episode, this whole topic of the week, Spider-Man is such a phenomenal character, a phenomenal movie character, and a phenomenal comic book character, just a great character in general. And to have him in the MCU where he belongs is great. And what I'm hoping, I get out of Spider-Man Homecoming, nothing too ridiculous, um, but I want to see, I want this to really feel like a homecoming, where we really feel like that he gets infused into this world, and that by the end of the movie, we feel like Spider-Man is where he belongs, and the status quo has been restored, let's keep going. I want that more than anything for this movie. I'm happy with the, with the casting, the costume, more or less, I could do without the, the Iron Man Stark tech, but whatever. I'm just so grateful for this chance to get Spider-Man back into the MCU and to have more Spider-Man stories to tell. Like, the possibilities are endless. I'm hoping to God 
that Marvel and Sony renegotiate to keep Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the MCU. But uh, if it doesn't work out, well, if it, then it doesn't work out. Whatever. No promises, but it'd be a great thing. So yeah, that is our conversation about Spider-Man and his uh, run in the films. Obviously, he's going to be in a bunch more to come. I don't think we're going to have another reboot of Spider-Man for a very long time. I hope not. We do. If we get another one, I'm probably going to be done with Spider-Man because I was almost done with Spider-Man after this, which is sad because I'm a huge fan. Um, but I'm rambling now, so let's stop the conversation. <laughs> oh, all right. We covered a lot of ground today. Uh, we talked a lot about Spider-Man and MCU and, 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 and a lot of stuff, so this is a great episode. I'm sorry I've been away for a while, guys. I've been busy working on Windfall Rising, my short film, uh, so that's taken up a lot of my time. And uh, But, uh, you know, expect more weekly episodes from me, more special guests. As I said, I'm going to be leaving San Diego, the San Diego area, for about three months, going back home after college. So I won't be around my regular California friends, unfortunately, but I'll be back. I'll be back in a couple months, I think. Um, but I'm definitely going to reach out to Omaha guests in Nebraska and uh, Omaha, as I said, in Iowa, and have them come on, because there are artists all over the world of, of, of different forms of art, more than just films and television and acting and camera stuff. There's so many great artists all over the world that I want to cover, so be on the lookout for that. I'm going to give a shout-out. I know I've done this before, but I just want to give a shout-out to Delphi Freeman, who um, is a phenomenal young actress. Shut up, phone. <laughs> Who's a phenomenal young... Did I say actress? I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, really quick, I'm going to give my shout-out, as I've done before, to Delphi Freeman. She's a phenomenally young singer-songwriter. I've been meaning to buy her CD so I can do a review on the podcast. I'm hoping to get her on the podcast. So, Delphi, if you're listening... You need to come on the show. <laughs> Hopefully we can make that work out. All right, well, thank you all for watching this episode of the Vince Lionel Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, hit that like button and subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can check out my short films, my trailer reactions, and more episodes of the Vince Lionel Podcast. Big thanks to Shelby Turner for coming on the show today. Uh, she's a phenomenal actress, best friend of mine, and look out for more of her stuff. She's a great actress. Hoping to do another project with her before I leave, but we'll see. All right. Thank you all for watching. Have a great week. God bless and peace out.